Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today is the first Sunday, um, right after the, the Coptic New Year, which we just celebrated um, on September 12th. And what we see in this first Sunday, for whatever reason, maybe we'll kind of uh, meditate together today, is that we hear a lot today about St. John the Baptist. Okay, so we hear a lot about St. John the Baptist in both uh, the liturgy gospel, um, for those who are at Vespers in the Vespers gospel, and for those who are at Matins, also in the Matins gospel. Okay, so this is kind of like, I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to like church readings and how the church selects the readings. So there's something here telling us, focus on either like St. John himself or the message of St. John. Um, something clearly is trying to be communicated from the church to us today. It seems like a strange place to start, but I think if you kind of just think about it from like a macro perspective, the job of St. John was to usher in a new kingdom or to prepare a way for the new kingdom. Okay, so it's the new year. So it's like preparing the way for the new year. Okay, so like the way that he would usher in this new kingdom, preparing the way for Christ, he's preparing a way for us as we enter this new year together. And it's the church basically telling us, let's have a fresh start. Let's follow St. John. Let's prepare our hearts so that Christ may enter. Okay, and, and that's, I think, like the, the main message. And you would say, so far, so good. That makes sense. Well, who doesn't want a fresh start? Who doesn't want spiritual revival? That all sounds fantastic. But then we enter into today's gospel, and we have our answer, okay? Not everyone wants a spiritual revival. Not everyone wants that fresh start. Here enter the Pharisees, and what we hear Jesus basically telling them, if you wanted to kind of summarize Jesus' message today to them, what he's basically saying is, I'm trying to reach you. I'm trying to give you new life by any means necessary, and you're rejecting all the ways. Like, you're rejecting all the ways. If you think about it on the surface, if you were to compare, like, if you were around the time of, of Jesus and you were to look on the surface of St. John and Jesus, you would see polar opposites, okay? Like, you, if you looked at, at the, who St. John was, how he dressed, how he ate, what was St. John's favorite meal? Does anybody know? Bugs and honey is what I always tell people. Bugs and honey, like a bugs and honey sandwich, okay? That's St. John's favorite meal. So there's St. John, and he's ascetic. And he's preaching repentance. And he's preaching all these things. And people are like, that's a man of God. And they can clearly see it. The people, not the Pharisees. But people can clearly see it and say, that's a man of God. And then here comes Jesus. And Jesus is eating with the sinners and tax collectors. And he's preaching the good news of the kingdom. And he's saying, I'm here to save you. I'm here to do all these things. On the surface, they look like they're the complete opposite. But what Jesus is telling them is clearly, whether you want to admit it or not, you knew that St. John was from God. When, whether you want to admit it or not, you know I'm from God but you're rejecting all means that I have to give you new life. St. John's preaching repentance, and the Pharisees' response is, yeah, that's for the sinners. What do we have to do with that? Like, that's for the sinners, clearly. The sinners and tax collectors should absolutely go to you, St. John, and they should go, and you should preach to them repentance, and they should repent of their sins. That has nothing to do with us. Like, we're good. We're the children of God. We're children of Abraham. Like, we're good. We're following the ways of God. Jesus comes, and he shows them how to love those who are lost. That, that was like the, a big point of contention, is that Jesus would sit with the sinners and tax collectors, like, how could, you, how could you sit with them? 
She says, how you love those who are lost. And they, their response to Jesus would be, you've got to be kidding. We wouldn't be caught dead with those kinds of people. So they didn't like it this way. They don't like it this way. St. Cyril of Alexandria puts it perfectly. He says, they accepted neither the gloominess of John the Baptist nor the freedom of Christ. They did not receive help one way or another. So St. John and gloominess is, is a tough word, but like they didn't accept like the repentance that St. John was offering or the freedom that Christ was offering. And that's what's alarming about the Pharisees is that they rejected both as if it was an easy thing to do. They rejected both without questioning, like their own situation and their own position. When I'm sometimes reading these stories, I think to myself, what would it be like to like go back as like a journalist and like interview these guys? Like you, you just like I just, you know, just creative, getting you know, use your imagination. Like you go back and you're like, I just want to interview like a Pharisee. And like what they like, why did you guys like reject Jesus? And why did you reject St. John? And like I can't imagine that the answer I get back will be like sufficient based on what we know now. But I actually think they could easily rationalize their position. They can easily rationalize their position both against St. John and against Jesus. And you say, how could that be? Like, don't they see the miracles? Don't they clearly see the people like are, are gravitating towards St. John? They clearly see the miracles done by Christ. How could that be that they could reject it so easily? Because as human beings, if we aren't seeking the truth, if we're just seeking my truth, I can rationalize anything. That's the reality. As human beings, if I'm not seeking the truth, but I'm seeking my truth, my agenda, it's very easy. I can rationalize everything. If I'm committed to living my life, my life based on what I want, or I'm afraid of change, or I'm afraid of surrendering, I can come up with even like what I like to call like religious logic. I can come up with religious logic to tell you why what I'm doing is right. It sounds crazy, but if we're being honest, we're all susceptible to it. You can even, we've talked about this before, but it's scary, but you can even use the Bible to logic your way into like into defending your action. Think about like violence done by Christians in the past. That's how it was done. It's like, well, clearly, like, let's go read the book of Joshua. Everything obviously taken out of context. But let's go read the book of Joshua, and clearly the people of God went to conquer these places and they destroyed whatever. So then it's up to us to, to do the same. Never mind the fact that the savior of the world, the king of the world, just died on a cross, whatever, that's irrelevant, okay? But I can choose at least I can I can nitpick and choose one little thing and say I can rationalize. You know, in the Matins Gospel, so we read it, I told you guys we read it a lot about St. John today. Um, in the Matins Gospel, they question Jesus' authority, okay? And, and did you know that Jesus didn't answer every question that Jesus was asked? Like in, in Scripture, if you go in and read like the times that Jesus was questioned, he doesn't actually answer all the questions, which is a good lesson for us. We don't need to, to answer every question. Um, but they questioned Jesus' authority, and he said, like, by whose authority do you do these things? And he says, okay, I'll answer you, but first you have to answer me. St. John, was he from man or from heaven? And what was their answer? What was the answer? We don't know. Why, why did they say we don't know? It's a lose-lose situation. They got him. It's like checkmate, okay? If you say from man, people are going to revolt because they truly believe that he was a prophet. 
He say from heaven, <clears throat> why didn't you believe in him? Like somebody came from heaven and you didn't believe in him? Like how foolish are you? <clears throat> Deep down they knew the truth. Deep down they knew the truth, but they didn't want to accept the truth because they were seeking their own truth, their own religious position, their own whatever. And we all have our thing. So like we all have those blind spots where no, no, no this, is, this is right. And there's like a little nudge inside and you know it's not right? No, 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 I'm convinced this is right. This is the right way. Sometimes we read the Pharisees, like about the, when we read about the Pharisees, what I, what I want to say to, to like all of us, and myself included, the Pharisees are not like a special species. Okay, they're not like special breed of human. Okay, they're not like subhuman when we read about them. They're human. They, they have flaws, like we have flaws. Like we're capable of the same flaws. Not to like scare anybody, but like to be alert. Like it's not like you're just we're reading, oh, those are the bad guys in the Bible. No, 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 no. Like there's a reason that these things are recorded for us. They're for our instruction. So what, if anything, are we called to do? If we're going to guard against this, like, having this agenda when going to God, like, trying to rationalize our way out of, of, like, seeking my own truth versus the truth. I think the first thing, which we should always start with, is praying genuinely that God guards our hearts from self-deception. Because self-deception is very easy. But praying genuinely that God, I'm willing, even if it's against what I want, if, just guard me from self-deception. Even, Lord, if you tell me something I don't really want to do or to change this way of life that I don't really want to change, but, Lord, you help me. You show me the way. And then when we go from prayer, <clears throat> by the grace of God, we have to take inventory of our lives. When I say take inventory, I mean take inventory of how we make decisions and how we're living our lives. And we ask ourselves, am I doing this because this is what I want or this is what God wants? Am I doing this because this is what I want or what God wants? Or if I'm not even sure about that, <clears throat> excuse me, am I doing it because I can like, I, I, I'm doing it even though I know it's wrong, but I can rationalize my way out of it. <clears throat> and the last thing, if we're brave, <clears throat> sorry, if we're brave and courageous is to seek wise counsel, to have people around us that aren't just gonna tell us what we wanna hear. It's very easy to have friends that are very like-minded. It's very easy to have people around us that are gonna think exactly the same way as us, okay? Um, if you want a shortcut to this, it's called marriage, okay? So if you can just, you can shortcut your way out of this because it's very rare, like in marriage, that two people think exactly the same all the time about everything. It's very rare, okay? So for those who are not married, okay, you can surround yourself with friends, surround yourself with people that are focused like you on the same things, but think a little bit differently. And that way, you have wise counsel around you. I think the Pharisees hung a lot, hung out a lot with each other. Okay, that's like my, uh, just my opinion. I think they hung out a lot with each other. So like Jesus would perform a miracle, and they would go like debrief together. No, no, but this is why he did was wrong. Like this is why like no, no, like he's a sinner because of this. Like he's a blasphemer because he did this. And like yeah, and they're like egging each other on, because in a moment of honesty, in a moment of self-reflection. Oh my goodness, you just raised someone from the dead. I just saw a paralytic, and he's rising on his feet. Like, in a moment of reflection, in a moment of just, like, sanity, something is going on here. But, like, groupthink is very powerful. This is hard, but I think the good news is that God is more than willing to help us. The beauty of God is that he never forces himself on us, but he's always so eager to help us. He never forces himself on us on, on like, the one hand, but he's so eager to help us. 
You know, sometimes where I see this kind of like agenda, and we're all capable of it. When I see this agenda mentality, um, is when somebody asks me a question that I hate. Okay, if you come to me, don't ask me this question in confession. I'll just tell you right now. Okay, I love taking all your confessions, but just don't ask me this question. Okay, in confession. Don't come to me in confession saying, hey, I want to do this. Is this a sin? The worst question. If you're coming asking, is this a sin? I like don't even want to answer your question because we're asking the wrong question. Is, can I do this? Is this a sin or is this not a sin? What are we doing? Is that like, is that a relationship with God? Is this a sin or is this not a sin? First of all, you know the answer. Okay, like I don't need to tell, like I'm not like a, a Wikipedia. Like you know the answer. Like you got to figure it out. You have your Bibles. Like I'm not like, I'm not like an expert in sin versus not sin. Like you know, you know the answer. And the reason sometimes we're asking those questions is because we have a defense ready. Like we're ready to go. So like you know what the guy is going to say, okay? Guy, okay, you know what the guy's gonna say? And then you have like your rebuttal, like you're ready to go. I'm like, like, fool, like we're not gonna get into like a debate. That's kind of foolish right now. When we ask ourselves those questions, is it sin or not sin? Is this whatever, whatever? Then I know I'm trying to like, like figure something out. Like have a plan to kind of just like, forgive the word, like weasel my way out of something. Like that's not the right way. That's not a relationship with God. If this is the start of the year, I feel like God is saying to all of us, and all of us, again, we have our blind spots. I think he's telling us, let's start off the year right with no agenda. And we're giving the Pharisees kind of as a warning that God is trying to reach them by any means necessary, but clearly their agenda wouldn't allow them. It prohibited them from experiencing the repentance of St. John or the freedom of Christ, as St. Cyril says. God wants us to seek him with no agenda. This isn't a year about what can I get away with or what's in it for me. No, no, no. Like seeking God with no agenda is really important because when you seek God with that purity of heart and sincerity of heart, even if we're weak, like I'm not saying we're, we don't have flaws and we don't make mistakes, we don't sin, but when we seek God with like sincerity of heart and purity of heart, even if we're weak, God blesses and God's grace is there. But when we're seeking God with an agenda, trying to still do whatever we want and still want God's grace on top of that, it doesn't work that way. This is the message about seeking the truth when I like it, but especially when I don't. Seeking God's truth when I like it, but especially when I don't. And really what this all comes down to is trust. Knowing that when I seek God and when I trust God with my life completely, no agenda, no area of my life is hidden from him. No area of my life am I trying to weasel my way out of something. All my life is just right there in front of him. Everything. I'm, I'm wide open, Lord. Everything is yours. That's where God blesses. And that's where there's a lot of grace. And that's there, where there's, there's always forgiveness. But that's when like, we really experience forgiveness. Because it's not about mistake versus not mistake. It's not about sin versus not sin. It's about are you seeking me with an open heart, with a genuine heart, with no agenda? Or are you seeking me trying to weasel your way out of something or trying to get something out of me? And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.